When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on, baby, don't you want to go? Well, come on, baby, don't you want to go? Back to the same old place, sweet home, Chicago. All right, welcome back to Bears Nation Podcast with your hosts, Kevin Lapka, myself, and Chris Nano coming off a huge Bears win, uh, 16-6 against the Minnesota Vikings at home. The Bears did what they needed to do. They now sit at 3-1, and one, tied atop the division. Technically, the Packers have the lead to the head-to-head, but they have the same record at 3-1. and one. Vikings fall to 2-2. Two and two. Chris, how we feeling, baby? Oh, man, I'm pumped. Uh, huge division win. Um, and you know, the, the, the defense just keeps on doing what the defense keeps on doing. Uh, I mean, I, I you know, it, it was a, it was a great team win. I think this is probably the most, um, the most all around per se, uh, we've looked, uh, so far this season. So, uh, I'm, I'm really happy. Um, I'm in a great mood, uh, this Monday evening. So, uh, hopefully we can carry on. Totally agree, and we will get into all of that, but first, we got to go over uh, a little bit of housekeeping. Yesterday, Mitchell Trubisky was injured. Uh, You know, he had an awkward landing off of a a strip sack where he was trying to go after the ball, got away from him, and he landed awkwardly on his shoulder. So the official diagnosis is a dislocated shoulder with, with a partial labrum tear. So... Very, very good news for the team, for the Bears, because that really does not mean a season-ending injury, and it means he's going to be back, quote, rather sooner than later, according to Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, all those guys. So you likely won't see him play against the Raiders, but he likely will be back week seven against the Saints because it's a it's a pretty nicely placed bye week. Now that you look at it, you know, having that bye week be there uh, at week six, you can give him a full week of rest. But, you know, you saw Trubisky got injured. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it it looked a lot worse when they slowed it down. Um, I I because in real time when when the play was going on, I didn't really notice um, him falling that hard or anything like that. Um, so I kind of like when once he he went down, I was just like, okay, um, well that he I mean he's staying on the ground it doesn't look too good. And then um, he got up and he was kind of holding his uh, his shoulder, uh, and that's kind of when Bears fans on Twitter were were, were getting a little bit worried, um, but. You know, we we play the Raiders next week. Um, you know, Chase Daniel looked fine, uh, and you know, it, I'm completely okay with Chase Daniel uh, starting against Oakland. Uh, we just need Mitch Trubisky healthy. Uh, we need him ready to go. So uh, I, I see no no reason to rush him back. And um, you know, whenever he's healthy, he'll be back. And uh, we just got to prepare. Um, you know, with with Chase Daniel right now. 
Yeah, I, like I mentioned, it's it's very nice timing. It really is. You know, if there was any time for this to happen, for there to be a devastating injury like losing your starting quarterback, it's this exact time. You play a weaker Raiders team, although they did win this week against Indianapolis, a weaker Raiders team, uh, you know, the week before the bye. It's good timing. And let's talk about Chase Daniel, right? He, come in, he comes in, and he does a good job, I would say. He wasn't fantastic by any means, but he did just enough. And that's all that, you know, you need him to do, especially from a backup quarterback. But the main thing about Chase Daniel, is he is not a, a freakish athlete he he is not a guy who has just supreme arm talent at this point of his career he just knows the the Matt Nagy offense and that is the whole reason why he's so valuable is he can just step in at any time and operate the offense well and you kind of saw that on Sunday you saw the offense move well and there's people all over Twitter saying oh you know you know Chase Daniel knows the offense better than Mitch you know the offense flows better with Chase Daniel I don't know how much I agree with that but you know, I like Chase Daniel in there for now as a backup because people are questioning, oh, you know, the Bears should trade for Josh Rosen. That's absolutely not going to happen. Matt Nagy kind of shut that down today, said they're going to elevate Tyler Bray uh, from the practice squad. They just released defensive tackle Abdullah Anderson. So it looks like Tyler Bray will be coming up uh, through that transaction and he'll be the, the backup in place for that. But, uh, you know, more about the comfortability of, of Chase Daniel, uh, you know, would you want to be one of those? We know your your slight hate against Trubisky. I know that's simmered down as we have gone through here. But uh, would you rather have, like, let's say week eight, and he's not 100%, but he's able to play. Would you rather have Chase Daniel or Mitchell Trubisky? Uh, yeah, I definitely don't think this should be a debate at all. Um, and okay, good. Good. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad. I'm very yeah. glad. Yeah. I, I, I mean, listen. The... Yesterday, the Vikings were preparing for Mitch Trubisky. Um, they couldn't care less about um, Chase Daniel. You know, heading, you know, the whole week heading into the game, they're preparing for Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky goes down. Uh, and, you know, Chase Daniel comes in and, and he plays well. They weren't preparing for him. They didn't really watch much tape on him. Um, but now you'll see, I mean, Oakland's going to get to prepare for him fully. Um, so, I, you know, it, it's, it's just something to think about. I'm not saying that he's going to absolutely suck. Uh, once, you know, there's tape on him or whatever, uh, not like, I mean, he's a veteran, so there's been tape on him, but you get my point. Uh, I'm talking about just this year and Nagy system. Um, so, you know, it, it's Mitch Trubisky a better quarterback. He can just do more things. Um, I think he's, I, I feel like Chase Daniel is probably this, you know, he's a safer quarterback. He most likely, you know, will do, will do the little things and all that, but um, to be a Super Bowl team, I think Mitch Trubisky needs to be, you know, healthy and, and, and playing for the Bears. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I don't think it's a debate at all, but I know I have seen, you know, these crazy people all over oh, social yeah. media who want to bring oh, the yeah. question up because it's relevant. Yeah. And, you know, the Trubisky haters are, are, are for sure saying, oh, we need Chase Daniel in there. He got us to win. You know, odds are the Bears would have won that game by even more with Mitch Trubisky. I really do believe that the way the defense was playing, I mean, there was no way as we saw, the Vikings were going to score more than seven points in that game, and they didn't. They scored six, and, you know, there were multiple throws on third down, easy flat routes that Chase Daniel just straight up missed, uh, and he did have a, a a bunch of good throws, a bunch of great throws uh, that I was very impressed by, but you could, just, you could just see the difference in talent level, and that's all you need to see. I mean, Mitch Trubisky, when he's playing at his best, is, is a difference maker. Chase Daniel's not really a difference maker. He's just a guy that gets the job done. He's a game manager, which, again, is totally fine, and that's all you need. But what I'm just saying is you can clearly tell that Mitchell Trubisky is supremely talented, you know, 
can extend plays with his legs. We know that Chase Daniel can't really do that. Although he did, I think he did do that a few times. He he scrambled, almost got a first down there in like the third quarter. But uh, this is also, I feel like, good timing because obviously we're aware of the scrutiny and the hate coming up here into week four. And although after his impressive week three, uh, there's still people who had their doubts. But I feel like, you know, even after Minnesota and then against Oakland, what Chase Daniel being in there is going to do is going to make people realize Mitch Trubisky's value and make people understand that, okay, he really is not as bad as maybe what people think. And that's why another reason why I think it's a good timing is everyone just needs to see more confidence and, and the whole family just needs to be more confident in Mitchell Trubisky. And they should be more confident after seeing what Chase Daniel is capable of versus what Mitchell Trubisky is capable of, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's just silly. I it, there shouldn't really even be a debate. I mean, Chase Daniel, Chase Daniel's career went the way it did, you know, because he's not that good. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's that's really the bottom yeah. line. And and you know, he's a quarterback on our team. And and you know, I'm trying to be obviously respectful, and I don't want to put him down or anything. He got us the win. I mean, a huge division win. But um, you know, I mean, we we <laughs> there's just a huge gap in in talent. Um, I. I it shouldn't be a debate. Anyone even bringing it up is is ridiculous. And anyone that thinks uh, there's even a chance of Chase Daniel, you know, replacing Mitch is even crazier. So uh, I, I, yeah, there's no debate here. Yeah. So again, Chase Daniel will likely, you know, pretty much guaranteed at this point, be in there against Oakland and then expect Mitchell Trubisky back week seven against the Saints. Uh, so that would be a big game as well. But in that game, Drew Brees won't be playing either. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll see what how it plays out. But pretty promising news after what we saw on Sunday from Mitchell Trubisky. Let's move on to a few more things before we get to the defense, because obviously we could talk about hours for the defense and we're going to but this is a very very interesting situation that is brewing here about Roquan Smith about you know 30 minutes to an hour before the game he was ruled uh doubtful and then was listed out and inactive due to personal reasons and in today's press conference you know the reporters obviously rightfully asked uh, Matt Nagy you know a bunch a bunch of times about Roquan Smith and and all he was saying is I'm just gonna leave it at the fact that it's a personal issue and that's it and he you would not elaborate at all about it and and just again left it at that personal reason so it's again it's a very strange situation but before we get into it huge huge credit to Nick Kwiatkowski stepping in on late notice and playing one hell of a game especially after all of us here at Bears Nation podcast really didn't even think he was going to make the team the 53-man roster in training camp but you know we were completely wrong about that he did a hell of a job You, you know there's a few plays in pass coverage where he wasn't the greatest and we know that's his liability but my goodness getting after Kirk Cousins and in the run game he was very very impressive uh thoughts on Roquan Smith um so I kind of promised myself uh I made a promise to myself that I was kind of not gonna try to speculate just because um Nagy kept bringing up how personal you know it's personal reasons and whatnot so I kind of don't want to make any predictions for what it could be um but hopefully it gets resolved soon hopefully everything's all right with uh with Roquan um and whatever whatever's going on Hopefully, um, you know, his head's in the right right spot and we can get him back to this team. Um, but, you know, first and foremost, he just has to take care of himself, just make sure everything's good. Because, um, you know, f- there's there's life outside of football. Um, and as far as Nick Kwiatkowski goes, I feel very stupid for saying what I said uh, in the offseason. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, I mean, he had <laughs> – I, I, I mean, you can make the argument he was our best defensive player yesterday. 
Um, yeah. I, I think you can absolutely throw him into that, into that mix. Um, yeah, he was phenomenal. Uh, it's exactly what you want. You know, we, we, we preach it all the time, next man up, next man up. And, you know, it's been a, it's been a common theme with the bears that, you know, the guy, you know, no matter who goes down, the guy that comes up and, and is replacing him for that game or for however long it is always does a good job. Um, you know, these past two years, you're, you're seeing a huge difference in that, um, you know, it, it, the depth of this team is, is, is unreal. Um, so yeah, that, that really just speaks to the depth of this football team. Um, and, you know, hopefully we, I mean, I, I still am just praying we get Roquan um, back because, you know, he's such a vital part of this defense. Um, but yeah, Nick Kwiatkowski, shout out to Nick Kwiatkowski, man. Great job yesterday. Um, and, and yeah, he was phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. And very good words uh, regarding Roquan Smith there from Chris. Just saying, you know, again, there, there's more to life than football for these guys. And uh, it's hard for the fans to understand that it really is. You know, I see all of them going crazy about it before the game. And it is a little frustrating when you see a big time player like that just immediately get scratched out. Um, there are, you know, there were rumors that were shot down. If anyone's listening who had heard about these rumors that he was involved in a DUI car accident, uh, there was those rumors swirling around Twitter. Those are officially uh, not true, false reports. So you don't have to believe any of that. And, you know, apparently, according to Adam Schefter via ESPN 1000, said his behavior throughout the week was, quote, erratic, um, is what the report from Adam Schefter said. So, again, you know, just hope for the best for Rokon. Let him figure out what's going on in his life, whatever it may be, mentally. Uh, you know, again, whatever it may be, just hope for the best. And, you know, just don't speculate too much into it because all everyone, all everyone is going to want to do these next few days is, again, create narratives and create speculation and, and make up these false reports. But, you know, again, let's just say Nick Kwiatkowski right now is doing a good job being there. And I think you're looking at the game against Oakland and you're saying, we're not too worried at this point that Roquan Smith isn't in there. Sure, is Nick Kwiatkowski Roquan Smith? No, but after the way he played against Minnesota, you're certainly not upset that he is the current uh, middle linebacker there against uh, the Oakland Raiders in London. Uh, let's go on to the rest of the defense. Chris mentioned it. It's three words. Next man up. And boy, do the Bears represent that. I mean, he Chris said it was unreal. That's exactly what I have written in my notes. Unreal. There's nothing else really to say about it. I mean, we got Nick Williams, who, again, you know, Akeem Hicks, game time decision. So these guys, Nick Williams and whatever, it's in Harris, preparing all week. But they don't even know if they're going to be out there, uh, you know, to start the game you know, an hour before the game, and boom, they come out. Nick Williams, two sacks. Roy Robertson-Harris, one and a half sacks, and pretty much the best defensive performance of the year for the Bears with three defensive starters out. I think that's just, uh, it's just incredible. There's nothing else to say about it. Yeah, I mean, it, we, we <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Um, we, we talk about it every week. It's, I mean, it's, <laughs> the, it's the same thing. It's really the same thing. I, you know, I, I feel like we got to change the show to talk, the Bears offense podcast because I mean there's not really much to talk about the defense honestly they they're just improving every week and and I mean I'm I'm sold on the on the take that I I really think this defense is better than it was last year and I'm not even kidding Um, I mean they look more aggressive it's man it's so much fun to watch it's so much fun to watch so you just said the Bears look like a better defense than last year, but let me get you this. They look like a better defense than 1985. Just take a listen to this, Chris. The 1985 Chicago Bears threw four games defensively. 17.3 points per game allowed, 333.5 total yards per game allowed, and 16 sacks. Now this year, 2019 Chicago Bears defensively threw first four games. 11 0.3 points per game allowed, which is six points per game less than the 1985 Bears. 
290.8 total yards per game allowed. 42.7 yards per game less than the, the 1985 Chicago Bears. And one more sack through first four games. So you're talking about them be better than 2018. They're looking better than the best defense of all time in the 1985 Bears. Can you believe that? Yeah, I mean, it, it, a lot of people are probably going to call you crazy, but there there really is a logical argument to it. I mean, th- this this defense, yeah. um, I, I truly, I mean, when I think of this defense, I think of all the great defenses. I think you can start putting them into that mix. I mean, there's just totally. talent everywhere, you know, every position. I mean, we, we just brought it up. There, there's talent on, on, you know, the Bears bench. You know, there, there's bench players that that <laughs> yeah. will start on you know multiple teams in this league, and um, you know this, we gotta we got we can't take it for granted, and that's why I mean that's why we keep saying you know we gotta win now. This defense, you know, right now is is ready to go. Um, so yeah, I mean the offense just needs to do their part, and you know I mean I see no reason why um, this team can't win the Super Bowl, honestly. Totally. Without three defensive starters, the Bears held one of the top rushing attacks in the league to 40 yards rushing. They sacked Kirk Cousins six times and forced, I believe, three or four fumbles. Uh, I mean, it is just, again, it's just unbelievable. And you talk about them going to the Super Bowl, it's 100% legit, especially after this game. I mean, they have solidified themselves as a top five team, uh, you know, and again, not just offensively, offensively as well. Let's go into offensively as well. And we talked about a little bit earlier about Chase operating it well. Um, but one thing that I want to mention that was a, a huge, huge storyline uh, last week in our review podcast was the O-line, right? And and without Kyle Long, they surprisingly looked better with Ted Larson in there. And it, it's crazy to say, but, uh, you know, the past offensive line uh, and the passing game was better again in the running game wasn't as good uh, and it hasn't been great all year but in the passing game they did a hell of a job protecting chase daniel so what do you make of that i mean you know there's people saying out there that the offense is just right now better without kyle long and i would agree and i'm it's not a knock on kyle long i just truly you know there's a video of him against uh in week three against washington of him just kind of falling down something seems wrong with his hip wrong with his health i would say leave him out get him completely healthy because right now this o-line is not really you know you know losing a beat with ted larson in there yeah i mean you gotta you gotta really just view it and and really you know compare the situation of of each player you know i mean kyle long has been completely destroyed in his career he's been banged up pretty much every week um i you know, Kyle Long is almost always on the injury report, like we always talk about. And, you know, he, he toughs it out. But, you know, there's a certain point um, to where you, you, your body just can't take it anymore. And, you know, I hope this is he hasn't reached that point. But, you know, until he's 100 percent healthy, I, I completely agree with you. I think we keep Larson in there. Um, he did fine yesterday. And then, you know, I mean, unless he, he gives us a reason not to play him, I, I, I'm completely comfortable and fine with him in there. Um, I, I just I really want this team to be healthy and, and, you know, they've proved to us that they can take care of business, even, you know, you know, even the, the guys that are replacing the our, our players that have been hurt, um, you know, they're they're Everybody's doing their job from top to bottom. So as long as they keep doing that, um, I think we have the luxury of, of waiting a little bit longer to make sure our players are completely you know ready to go. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, and to me, that's that's one of the key points and the key signs of a just a really, really good football team. Again, we'll say it again, the next man up mentality, just guys being prepared, ready to play, and not just being ready to play, but coming out and excelling in the absence of starters. It, it's just a sign of a very, very well-coached football team and a very, very good football team. Speaking of well-coached, Matt Nagy did a hell of a job play calling this game he completely out coached Mike Zimmer at every facet uh let's talk about the play calling a little bit I thought it was very very good um it, again things were just flowing the, the only issue was they weren't able to get into the red zone or, or into the end zone rather when they were in you know those red zone type scenarios uh they weren't able to punch it in but to get to that point it looked very very good Allen Robinson is that dude. I know you love to talk about that, and my God, he looked very, very good in that first half. His stats don't really pop out, um, but man, I mean, we, we know how talented this dude is against one of the top cornerbacks in the league in Xavier Rhodes. I mean, he was just playing extremely well. We had a Javon Wims sighting. Chris called it in the review podcast. He said we'd see a lot of Javon Wims in this game, and boy, did we see uh, a lot of Javon Wims. He had that huge, uh, I believe, 30-plus yard catch that was just fantastic we that's what we've been waiting to see such Cohen touch on and a little bit of Anthony Miller sighting as well so just about the wide outs and the play calling what'd you make of it it was the best um game called by Nagy this year by far um no questions asked he was you know he 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 didn't get too cute um he you know the the and and also I want to say one thing um the players all stepped up and they all did their job and I feel like that also you know, like you got to you got to keep in mind that you can't blame one side or the other um, every other, you know, every other week. You, you got to keep it consistent. And, you know, when the players play well, it looks good on the coach. And when the coach coaches well, it looks, you know, yeah. it, it ele- elevates the play of the players. So you got to keep all that in mind. Um, and, you know, that's why I feel like, you know, myself included, but a lot of people have been giving Nagy a lot of slack uh, for these first three games and his play calling. Um, but, you know, he, he, he did a great job yesterday and, you know, you can't really ask for much more. Um, Javon wins. I did say he was going to catch a touchdown and he didn't, but um, phenomenal game from him stepping up the talents there. We've all known it. Um, we just, we just wanted, we just want him to, you know, be on the field and, and start producing now. Allen Robinson, um, you know, Xavier Rhodes just stood no chance basically yesterday. <laughs> um, I think that's the best way to put it. He was getting beat left and right. Um, and yeah, the run game can definitely be better. I, f- I feel like that's one thing that um, definitely has to improve. Um, but, you know, things are getting better offensively. You, you can see it happening. So, I mean, that's that's all we, you know, Bears fans have been asking. Just, just produce, just produce. It doesn't have to be, you know, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs type of offense just produce and do your job because this defense will keep you in every single game. Yeah, 100%. And let's talk about the running game a little bit. Dave Montgomery, 21 carries, 53 yards. They gave him the ball 20-plus times like you finally wanted, but only averaging 2.5 yards per carry. Granted, this is or uh, was a uh, Minnesota defense, rush defense rather, that you know ranked in the top 10. Very, very good unit. We know those guys up front are elite. Uh, what did you make of not just the way that Dave Montgomery ran, but 
you know, the situations that they were giving him the ball in? Did you like that only up, you know, 16 to zero, they kept pounding the rock with him? Did, were you, are you a guy that likes that move or not, especially with the way that was going throughout the game? No, I'm, I'm completely fine with how it played out because I, I, I'm expecting Montgomery to, to be better and I'm expecting the offensive lines to be better. And keep in mind, we're not going to be playing the Minnesota Vikings defensive line every week. Um, those guys are phenomenal. We, we were talking about it in the preview episode um, that I, I'm pretty sure we both said that they would that they would win the battle against our yeah. offensive line. Um, and, you know, in, in, as far as their rush defense, they were phenomenal. Um, pass defense definitely, you know, could be better for them. Um, but, yeah, they, they dominated in the run game. And, you know, everyone's quick to point fingers at, at you know, who deserves the blame. But uh, just it was just a solid, uh, solid job on the Vikings part in stopping the run. And, you know, they, they did a good job in, in that area of the game. Yeah, and that's what I think Nagy has kind of improved on. Week one, it wasn't working, right? The rush game wasn't working. He went away from it. Week four now, the rush game was not working at all. He stayed with it, and, you know, I don't mind that at all. You suck the clock. In a game like that where your defense is playing that well, that's what you do. You run the ball. You you just, you know, dominate in time of possession, and you take over the game in that way. You know, wear them down a little bit, let your defense get some rest on the sideline, and that's exactly the approach that they came in with, especially with Chase Daniel in the game. Again, it's too risky in the game uh you know maybe you see them aired out a little bit more but with chase daniel in the game you know obviously we know he's not as capable you know run it you know more than 20 times in montgomery and that's what they did so fantastic job by matt Nagy calling this game but hey a sign of a great football team is you know excelling at every single facet that is offense defense and also special teams look pat o'donnell looks like one of the best best punters in the league i mean i'll just say it he really does look like one of the best punters in the league i mean he had some absolutely booming punts and not only was Pat O'Donnell exceptional Eddie Pinero was exceptional but the coverage unit on punting was exceptional we saw uh Sherry McManus have one hell of a tackle uh Cordell Patterson got down there as well but Eddie Pinero too fights through the pain once again nails three field goals and an extra point and it's just at the point for me where when Pinero comes out on the field and he puts his hand in the air and he lines up the kick you know he does that with his hand I just I just feel so confident he's going to make it at this point and that is just a lovely thing to feel as a Bears fan after everything that we went through last year and the year before and ever since we've gotten rid of Robbie Gold it's 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 so it's so nice to just have a guy who you're confident in for once <laughs> I'm I'm not even going to lie and I'm praying to God that this doesn't come to backfire uh but I I have not felt this confident in a kicker and a Bears kicker since Robbie Gold. Yeah. Um, and I I'm more confident in him right now than I ever was in like especially towards Robbie Gold's you know later years with the Bears. Yeah. Um, you know he, he you know it, it was definitely scary when he would come out there. Um, but I, I don't you know when when Robbie Gold was in his prime he was phenomenal and and now I'm starting to feel that towards Pinheiro, which is pretty awesome. I uh, just hope he can keep this up. Um, you can tell that, um, you know, he's confident every time he goes out there and, and you know, he's going to he, he feels like he's going to make any kick that he goes out there for. Um, and that's what you want in your kicker. So Eddie P shout out to Eddie P. Um, he's been he's just been man. He's been a godsend. Yeah, totally. And again, you know, fighting through the pain wasn't even, you know, a full go in practice this week. Still dealing with that knee injury. Comes out here and just, again, nails all of his kicks. Let's talk about a few more key players uh, in this one against Minnesota. First one that we want to obviously talk about who is relevant every week. He is currently, I would say, in first place to win the Defensive Player of the Year award. That is Khalil Mack. I mean, 
an absolute game wrecker again on Sunday, getting a forced fumble and I believe one and a half sacks on Chris Cousins. And, you know, again, he, he just does it every time. Double team, triple team, doesn't matter. He'll get to the quarterback. What'd you like from Khalil Mack on Sunday? Um, just being, you know, that, that dominant force, uh, he, he's, I don't think there are many offensive linemen that can contain him one-on-one. There's very few, um, maybe like two or three. Um, I, you know, he, he's going to do this pretty much every game. This is what, this is pretty much what's expected of him at this point. Um, you know, anything less than what he's doing now is, you know, is considered a a disappointment, but you know, it's, it's really funny because like, you know, that his disappointment would be other people's like, wow, like can't believe he just, yeah, all right. and, and it's just like, like I'm almost to the point where when he does these things that, you know, the NFL posts a clip of, I don't even get hype anymore. Like, like I'm just like, okay, this is, I mean, it's Khalil Mack doing Khalil Mack things. Like obviously it's great. Do not get me wrong. But I, I, I think you get the point I'm trying to make here. It's just like, mm-hmm. like, this is Khalil Mack. This is what he's going to do. Um, try to stop him. And if not, he's just going to run right through you right past you. I mean, he has, he's just, he's one of the best defensive players I've ever seen. Honestly, I, I think, I think I'm just going to leave oh, yeah. it at that when it comes to Khalil Mack. And that's not even an outrageous statement whatsoever. No. It, 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 it's just not the numbers that he's putting up. And, you know, again, outside of the numbers, just watching this man play football every week, you can just tell he is one of the greats. Uh, let's go to more other key players. Nick Williams, man, I mentioned it earlier, you know, steps in for Akeem Hicks and Bilal Nichols and two sacks. I mean, every time he flexes after his sacks, it, it's just the scariest thing I've ever seen. I mean, this is just a ginormous human. Uh, yeah, hell of a game from Nick Williams. What'd you make of him? Nick Williams, a um, couple, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were talking about, about Nick Williams and how he can be, you know, he can be productive. And, and that's exactly what he did. He, he stepped in when he needed to and, and did his thing. Um, phenomenal game by him. There's nobody on that Vikings offensive line that could contain him either. Um, so, you know, you have Khalil Mack that there's no one that the Vikings can contain. Nick Williams, um, Roy Robertson Harris, the Vikings mm-hmm. offensive line really can't couldn't contain any of them so that's pretty much a recipe for disaster on their end um but you know it it was great for us so um you know this this defensive line best in the league um and it's just it's it's next man up it's it's always been next man up with this team um and but but you know don't get me wrong we still need everyone healthy and ready to go so um things are looking really up from here yeah, and that's the, that's the nice thing about these injuries, actually. None of them are, are, are too serious right now. Like, even if you look at Jabisky's, again, not too serious. You look at Akeem Hicks, according to Matt A, he was very, quote, very close to um, playing on Sunday. He was truly a game to decision. They were liking what he saw from pregame, but just decided to hold him out. Kyle Long also as well, you know, was very close to play. This is nothing where you're looking at, guys who are out for five plus weeks other than by Lyle Nichols, maybe, although he's not being put on IR, I expect to see him back. Uh, you know, I don't know about after the buy, but maybe like one or two weeks after the buy, uh, you'll probably see him back. So it's not like we're dealing with, you know, eight guys here who are being put on IR. It's mostly just nagging wear and tear type injuries, which is, you know, promising, uh, for Bears fans when they look at that injury report and see that rather than see again guys who are inactive because they're on IR and they're out for five plus weeks that's when you start to get concerned but again even with those guys out you know 
you just feel you don't feel worried. I mean, when when Akeem Hicks was ruled out, you know, when you lose a big time player like that, a Pro Bowl player, you're you're arguably the second best player on defense. You know, most teams are freaking out, and you know, how is the defense going to respond to that guy being out? And you know, as a Bears fan. You're just not as worried. Sure. Would you love to have Akeem Hicks there? Yes. I mean, we all love Akeem Hicks. He's one of the best players on the defense. He's just an absolute force. Uh, but again, you're not worried because you are aware of the depth that is there. And you're aware of Roy Robertson Harris and Nick Williams who combined for three and a half sacks. You're aware of all these guys who can replace him. And that's just such a great feeling as not only a fan, but as a coach, uh, you know, if you're Chuck Pagano, you're loving that as well. And, and then shout out to Chuck Pagano as well. I mean, my goodness, you everyone want to talk about defensive regression and oh boy, Vic Fangio is gone. This defense is, isn't even going to be top five anymore. My goodness, do those people not look very intelligent at this point because Chuck Pagano looks like one hell of an offense or a defensive coordinator calling those blitz packages in the right situations and, and all that. Very, very, very happy from what we've seen from Chuck Pagano. Oh, yeah, he's you know, he's been awesome. Um, I, I, like I said, I mean, I, I think in my opinion, I think the defense this year is better than last year. So that speaks volume to him as well. Um, our players have been phenomenal, uh, a mixture of that. And, and, you know, Pagano's Pagano just being uh, an outright genius. um, It's it's, it's turned into, it's turned into great things for the bears. So I'm really, really, really happy with, with how um, this this defense looking under Pagano. And, you know, it's funny because, a lot of people said, you know, the Bears were relatively healthy last year and injuries are inevitable, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, other than Bears fans, no one really knew the depth of this team. Um, yeah. So that's why, you know, my argument was, yeah, OK, injuries probably will happen. But, you know, the Bears have the players to, to take care of it. Um, you know, I, I truly believe that. And, you know, it's it's showing right now. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, this. I'm just really happy with with everything I'm seeing from from Pagano. I think, in my opinion, he's he's better than Fangio was all of last year. So, um, yeah, it's it's great things, man. It's it's beautiful to see. It's awesome to watch his defense right now. Um, and honestly, I you know, with when we get everyone back, it's going to be damn near impossible to do anything against us. Yeah, it already is. Once we yeah. get those guys yeah. back, exactly. it's you know, it, again, it's just unbelievable and. And Chris mentioned it a little bit earlier. He said, you just you just living happy right now if you're a Bears fan. You have nothing to complain about. It's a nice Monday, September 30th. And you're just happy because the Bears completely dismantled a division opponent at home. Yeah. That's what you do if you're a top five team in the league. And they 100% did that. Uh, three and one right now, sitting tied for first record-wise with the Green Bay Packers, who are three and one. Update for them, Devontae Adams will not be playing for them against the Cowboys next week just to keep your eye on that for next week's games I I don't I want to see who the Vikings have next uh next week to see what they're looking at the Lions last week uh against the Chiefs actually came close but no cigar they they faltered late and Patrick Mahomes just did Patrick Mahomes thing so they're sitting at two one and one actually last in the division uh because of that tie the Vikings are the Giants next week so you might see them win that one but uh it's interesting the way the NFC North is playing out right now especially everyone after week one you know you know they wanted to rule the Bears out they really did and you know after the performance from week one they said okay let's write them off let's put them away they're nothing and here we are sitting week four I mean I think me you Jake Josh pretty much all called it we Said so we fully expect this team to be three and one by week four, five and one, uh, four and one by the bye week, and it certainly is looking that way. So you know, just a heck of a job by the team and everyone to respond. You know, not only to injuries but to the adversity that they faced week one. 
dealing with the the whole 10 days that they had there between that week one Thursday game, that Sunday game, dealing with all the hate, you know, gritting out a win against Denver, uh, you know, fighting through a win on Monday night against Washington and getting a huge win at home against Minnesota. So very, very promising and very looks looks really, really good for the Chicago Bears going forward. Yeah. Um, you know, we all knew I, we definitely talked. We definitely mentioned it on the podcast, but um, prior to the game against Green Bay, we knew if they lost that game, it was going to be pretty bad. Uh, we knew the backlash we were going to get. Uh, we knew it was going to be a long 10 days until our next game. Um, and, and that's exactly what it proved to be. I mean, it was it was almost unbearable to be on social media. Um, you know, Packers fans thought that they had won the division after the first game of the season. Um, and, you know, now we're, we're, we're tied with them record-wise. And, you know, we're, we're only going to get better from here. So um, looking forward to, to all those division games. Uh, looking forward to... Um, you know, talking to some of those fans that had that were, you know, very confident in their teams uh, during the offseason. <laughs> Let's leave it like that. Looking forward and... to having conversations with, with them. Yep. There you go. And a little bit of a foreshadow to Oakland. The Bears will be playing in London, like Josh likes to say. They're taking it to the Tottenham. I believe they're playing the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Isn't that your favorite team, Chris? Yes, it is. It is. So, so, so that would be cool for you. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, when I saw that, um, when the schedule got, got released, it was pretty awesome. I was talking about it with my buddies. Um, if, if only I could have been there, man, but school's in the way. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the Bears are going international. They're actually leaving on Thursday, which is worth noting, because on, on the broadcast, they were saying, you know, most teams will leave on Monday to kind of, you know, uh, get used to the the time change over there uh, across yeah. the ocean and, you know, get rid of the jet lag and all that. But they felt like having a few days of practice at House Hall was better. And then uh, getting in to England uh, on Thursday is good enough. So, you know, I can't really question that. don't really know too much about all that. I think it's fine. Not too worried about it. But, um, you know, I just do want to mention Khalil Mackey in his press conference yesterday said he is just absolutely ready for next Sunday's game against the Raiders. Obviously, it's a homecoming, well, not a homecoming game, but he is playing his opposing team for the first time, the team that traded in a way, the team that didn't want to pay him all that money. So he certainly has something to play for. That'll be the biggest storyline. And I've seen Oakland Raiders fans in the mentions, and quite frankly, they're not confident. They are they are freaked out right now after seeing that statement. They're like, oh, boy, this might be a long day for Derek Carr and the Oakland offensive line, but just a little foreshadow to next Sunday. Uh, it's going to be a good one, and Clue Max has something to play for, for sure. Oh, man, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I can't wait. I'm ready for next Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So that is a uh, 1 o'clock start, which is actually pretty rare because usually they'll do the London game starting at like 8 a.m. Eastern yeah. time because it'll be kind of like a, an afternoon game in London. But it's actually a night game over there in England. So it turns out to be a day game, uh, 1 Eastern time, 12 Central. So we'll have a preview podcast for the Raiders game, uh, I believe, coming out Thursday or something. Uh, and then I think we're going to have also a slight little extra podcast with a guy from the Raiders community who knows a little bit about them. So just to get to a little get to know the Raiders a little bit. So thanks, you guys, for listening. Uh, you know, drop a like, make a subscription, drop a comment. Let us know what you think. Interact with us on Twitter. Interact with Chris and Jake and Josh uh, about what we say on the show. And again, thanks for joining us and bear it down.